This is 10 Minutes of Science, a Women in Ophthalmology initiative supported by Johnson & Johnson. We have invited ophthalmologists who are leaders in their field to discuss a journal article of their choice. My name is Robin Troutbeck. I'd like to introduce Dr. Alina Zeldovich. Alina specializes in cataract surgery, particularly in patients with coexisting and often challenging ophthalmic diseases. She is the chair of the New South Wales branch of RANSCO and is a clinical lecturer at the University of Sydney Medical School. Welcome, Alina. Thanks so much, Robin. Thanks for having me. Could you begin by telling us the name of your article and why you chose it? Sure. So I'm reviewing Selective Laser Trabeculoplasty, a review by John Landers, which was published in Clinical and Experimental Ophthalmology in July 2021. And I picked this article because I'm using SLT more often as a drop alternative, and particularly as a cataract surgeon, when there's increasing evidence on the importance of preserving the ocular surface, which improves both the preoperative measurements as well as the post post-operative outcomes. So SLT is working well for me in these patients for glaucoma control and also in sparing the ocular surface. So really, I wanted to look at the review of the latest literature on SLT uh, for those reasons. Okay. So what did the, um, what did the article tell us? What did, what did um, the review find? So the results, it was actually quite a large review. So there were six meta-analyses covering 52 randomised control trials over a period of seven years. So huge volume of data. And the findings were that SLT reduced the IOP by 20% in primary open angle glaucoma. And this was higher yeah. if the pre-treatment IOP was high. And the therapeutic effect was maintained for between 45 to 95% at one year and then 28 to 85% at three years. And I think in reality, this is actually more. It also showed that, well, not showed but confirmed that medication is equally effective um, as well as SLT in both absolute IOP reduction and therapeutic efficacy and it's one medication is the equivalent of ALT which was the older style treatment and is also equivalent to SLT. There was also a high correlation between the two eyes so for example if one eye responded well the other eye was more likely to respond well as well um, but however in about a fifth you could even if the first eye didn't respond so well you could still try it on the second eye. And then John branched out into a whole lot of subgroups of particular glaucoma, uh, such as normal tension glaucoma, which traditionally doesn't do as well with SLT. However, he says that the diurnal IOP fluctuations are still stabilised, um, but perhaps that was more the reduction in the spikes. Um, he talks about pseudoexfoliative glaucoma, which responds better. Uh, with larger reduction in IOP and greater success at one year. He talks about pigmentary glaucoma, which has an even better response, 85% of medication free at one year. Um, but they 
do tend to have higher IOP spikes and have greater need for surgery. And I believe particularly in this group, um, although you can get the control um, really good, you need to still be very careful because it can jump out of control very quickly. And the other subgroups that he covered were steroid-induced glaucoma, um, which is particularly important if you're doing subtenon steroids. And that effect was maintained in half the people out of a year. And even um, primary angle closure glaucoma, which typically is not a group that we like to treat with SLT. However, like with all SLT treatment, if you can see the angle um, and you might be able to do that prior to PI or after cataract surgery, if you treat the visible angle, they still get a very good response. Did he mention at all, I think that's really interesting about the, um, the angle closure, which typically is something we wouldn't have normally thought about. Does he talk about how to give the treatment? Like, is there an optimal way to, to give SLT? Yeah, so unfortunately, I thought that was perhaps a little bit lacking in this study. Okay. Um, he yep. sort of mentions that the treatment was given 180 to 360 and over various sessions at various powers, 0 0.1, 0 0.6 to 1 millijoule. But because there are so many studies with so many different protocols, there isn't one protocol per se. And I think that would have been a really interesting thing to discuss. Um, the other thing that was interesting, he didn't go up above one. And I feel in clinical practice, we do tend to tailor our um, power to the response that we're seeing. We're looking for those little champagne bubbles and yes. we can go both up and down in power within an eye and also between eyes. So that would have been a very nice thing um, to have covered, I think. Yes. So there were variable regimes and various like 180 to 360 degrees could be treated. But the message seems to be that it, it has some risk, that there is some response to treatment, which is, which is good. Um, yeah. do, uh, did he talk much about repeating treatment and how did, how that, did that change? Did, did, the, yes. um, did the treatment response wane over time? Could you do it again? Yes, so, the, so one of the great benefits of SLT is that it's repeatable. And this is a treatment that has taken over from ALT, which had a much higher power settings and more damaging and less repeatable. So the interesting thing about the repeatability is that it can actually be more effective in terms of survival. Um, the second treatment can be even more effective. So definitely um, repeatable. The visual outcomes of the light study showed that eyes that were randomized to medication compared to SLT were 43% more likely um, to have moderate to fast visual field progression over two years. Uh, so it's um, repeatable. It has great um, decreased risk of progression. There are some studies that showed that diurnal control was better. However, not all of the studies and perhaps he could have talked about maximal spike pressure or mean IOP instead. Um, the cost effect effectiveness is somewhat equivocal because it depends on your um, healthcare system model. 
And the other thing that I found really interesting was the quality of life data, which I would have thought would be superior for SLT given patients don't have to administer drops. Um, there was no clinically significant difference. That is interesting, isn't it? Because you always think <laughs> compliance is a big issue in glaucoma. Huge issue, compliance and perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel that since you've read this article, will this change your practice in any way? And is there things we can all take from the article? Yeah, so apart from the conclusions of the author um, that SLT is safe and repeatable and easy and effective, as a cataract surgeon, I was really reassured by the lack of serious adverse events from SLT. Um, So in particular, you pretty much always get inflammation post-SLT. It's extremely common, 89% after a couple of days of treatment. However, this usually completely resolves within five days. And we also know that it's worse in heavily pigmented mesh works. Once again, we don't know how much power was applied, uh, but we do know that that phenomenon exists. And he also mentioned that- That's the inflammation, Alina, the inflammation worse in the pigmented eyes. Correct, correct. Yep. In clinical practice, most people I think would turn out turn down the power for those mesh works okay. just because the uptake is so good anyway. Um, so it would have been nice to see a discussion of that. Um, the other thing, we worry about using topical steroids because a lot of topical steroids were used back when people were doing a lot of ALT. Um, however, he says that topical steroids, in fact, don't blunt the effect of SLT. So yep. therefore, they could be used um, if you really needed to. So you wouldn't normally give them some topical uh, steroid post-treatment? No, no I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. But I would give them um, some anti-glaucoma drops prior to treatment. Yes. And this, in fact, halves the risk of um, IOP spike down from between 60, 0 to 60, goes down to 0 to 28. And by two weeks, there are no IOP spikes. A third of people get, according to the LIGHT study, a third of people get headache, ocular discomfort, blurred vision, photophobia. Um, but thankfully, all these are transient and self-limiting. And the really um, PAS, peripheral anterior synechiae, occur in about 3%, but that's most likely due to um, the anatomy. And so like with any treatment, SLT is very visual and you have to really know uh, that you're treating in the right area to avoid PAS. And then there were some very rare adverse events and they only really occurred in one or two patients. So You know, for me, the take-home message is that this study further reassures and reminds um, the general ophthalmologist and cataract surgeon that the use of SLT is a great option for their glaucoma patients, uh, both pre- and post-op cataract surgery, as well as at any point um, in the therapeutic crossroad. Excellent. Thank you very much, Alina. Thank you so much for having me, Robin, and it's great to be part of this podcast series on behalf of the Women in Ophthalmology. Thank you for joining us today on 10 Minutes of Science. See you next time.